covering Donald Trump's reaction to this huge verdict. Kristen, what is Trump saying? Yeah, well, it's no surprise he's already making this political. As Kara said, he wasn't in the courtroom when the verdict was read. He was actually sitting on the tarmac in his airplane at LaGuardia Airport, and he blasted off this on social media. He said, this is absolutely ridiculous. I fully disagree with both verdicts and will be appealing this whole Biden-directed witch hunt focused on me and the Republican Party. Our legal system is out of control and being used as a political weapon. They have taken away all First Amendment rights. This is not America. Of course, I need to say there is no indication at all that this is related to Joe Biden. This is a civil defamation case in New York, but notably missing from there, any attacks on E. Jean Carroll. Obviously, he has about 83 million reasons not to attack her. They are going to appeal this. The other thing to point out here, this kind of linking that he is doing of all of his legal cases to Biden and to uh, election interference is working with a lot of his supporters. They don't see the difference in all of this. Now, he is going to be at a political rally in Nevada tomorrow, so we will wait to see what he says there. But this is really his initial reaction to this, and I am told by sources that he is very angry about this verdict. I'm sure he is. Uh, Kristen Holmes, thank you very much. There's certainly a lot to discuss with our legal and political experts. Caitlin Collins, let me start with you. I know you've covered Trump for years. What are you hearing from your sources about Trump's mindset and his strategy from here? Well, I think he's in a difficult situation, Wolf, in the sense that, you know, not only because of the $83 million that he was just ordered to pay by a jury to E. Jean Carroll, but also because typically what his response is and his reaction just initially in something like this is to go on the attack. That is what he's been doing to E. Jean Carroll. That is what brought them to the courtroom that they were in today as that verdict was read. His attorneys, at least I should know, given Kristen just noted he was on the plane, and He's kind of not left with that option here because the reason he is being ordered to pay over $83 million is not for what he was found liable for by a previous jury, which is sexually abusing her, but it is simply for defaming her and for the comments that he made about her. And so it does kind of get in the way of what his initial response is, which is to attack, attack, attack. And he did not mention E. Jean Carroll by name in that statement. He had been attacking her on social media <clears throat> relentlessly throughout the week and the judge here as well. And so I think that's a big question here. And I think the other part of this, when I saw that $83 million number, which is way above what E. Jean Carroll's attorney had been asking for, but she was asking the jury to, to send a message with it, is Trump is not someone who likes to part ways with his money. He does not do so easily. You can ask anyone who's ever worked for him, certainly attorneys who have ever worked for him. And so I think the number is particularly damaging to him because, you know, one, he doesn't like to pay anyone anything, but certainly not E. Jean Carroll in this situation. So I think it raises a lot of questions about what this appeal process is going to look like. But the number itself is just incredibly damaging to him. Incredibly damaging indeed. Laura Coates, just how significant is this $83 million verdict after E. Jean Carroll's lawyers asked the jury to send a strong message to Trump? Message sent, and here it is. Next time, impulse control. When it comes to a finding that someone has already found that you've committed sexual assault, there was an opportunity for him last year to actually do the defense that he attempted to raise in this particular phase of the trial. Caitlin's exactly right. This was not a moment for him to go back and try to relitigate the issues of whether, in fact, he had committed that assault. 
that is already in the rearview mirror because a jury found that he had and the opportunity that he had to appear and come to his defense and raise all those arguments is now long gone. This was the penalty phase and the message being sent from the five million order just last year to now over $80 million compensatory and of course punitive damages sends a very clear message that he was aware of the comments that he was making. He was aware of the fact that this was, they believe, um, done so with malice or this was done in a way that he was aware should not have been done and chose to do it anyway. And so when you look at whether to review a jury's decision on how much money to award, you look to primarily to figure out how exponentially higher is the award for, say, the punitive versus compensatory? Do they match up in some way? Are they so far apart as to be a message that says this has nothing to do with the underlying conduct any longer and instead simply a public um, you know, litmus test in some way or shape or form? This is not that far apart. And so now his appeal, Wolf, will really focus on whether there was an issue of a ruling from the judge not about the facts in this case, and certainly not about whether he wants to relitigate the issue of an earlier jury finding. Yeah, very significant. Uh, Karen Friedman Agnifilo is with us as well. Karen, what do you make of this decision? I think they wanted to send a very strong message to Trump that he has to stop. And I think on appeal, there's a very strong record that he wouldn't stop but for the this amount of money or some something like it, because uh, it was I think it was the first day of the openings where uh, Eugene's lawyers commented that today alone he repeated these def defamatory statements 22 times on social media during the trial. They also brought out evidence where he said, I have said it, I'm going to keep saying it, I'm going to say it a thousand times. And so all of that was before the jury and they saw and watched him stand up and walk <clears throat> out of the courtroom and do, do whatever he wanted to do as if the law doesn't apply to him. And so I think it was very clear that they are sending a message that it's going to cost you. You have to stop because this did not, they didn't have significant or these types of punitive damages in the first trial, if you recall. This really reflects that after that verdict and after the first E. Jean Carroll verdict where the, the damage award was around $5 million, he repeated over and over and over again the defamation. And I think the jury looked at that and saw that and punished him for that and sending a message that you have to stop or it's going to cost a lot of money. I'm going to go back to Kara. She's outside uh, the courthouse in New York. You've been covering this from the very beginning, Kara. What can you tell us about how the jury actually arrived at this decision? Well, Wolf, I mean, they deliberated for just about three hours, and we were getting toward the end of the day. The judge had told them that if they didn't reach a verdict by 4.30, we would all return on Monday. And it was just before 4.30 that we learned that there was a verdict here. Now, much of what the jury does is in secrecy. It's behind closed doors, but they never sent a note. They didn't ask for any testimony or any additional evidence. So whatever they were working on behind the scenes, they came to this decision unanimously and together. And this is a jury of seven men and two women. A unanimous verdict. What's interesting in the previous trial, which involved the allegation of sexual assault and defamation for statements made in 2022, that was a jury of six men and three women. So a similar split and a significant award here for E. Jean Carroll. You know, throughout the trial, I did see some of the jurors taking notes. Uh, they were very observant to the witness testimony and watching the proceedings, fairly engaged. We did have a break in this trial because some jurors had become ill 
So there was a break in testimony of about a week. Uh, so it wasn't a, a short, cohesive case, but obviously they were engaged. They followed the arguments. They followed the evidence and they followed the judge instructions when they came to this decision. Well, they certainly did. Uh, let me go back to Caitlin. Caitlin, throughout this entire case, Trump's been repeating a lot of the defamatory statements about E. Jean Carroll that got him here in the first place. But his reaction today uh, on his Truth Social site notably did not attack E. Jean Carroll specifically. What does that say to you? It says that he and his attorneys heard what, what her attorney argued in the closing argument, which was essentially sending a message that if he continues to do this, they're going to sue him every time. They're going to go after him every time, which is what happened here. Now, Wolf has not stopped him in the past because, remember, at the town hall with CNN back in May, Trump went after E. Jean Carroll and attacked her at length. That was the day after the jury had found him liable for sexual abuse, and he did not stop then. I think what has changed here now is there is a price to those statements that he has been making, as you noted, many times on social media, in person, outside the courthouse, as her attorneys played in the closing arguments. So I think that's the question here of whether or not it stops him, and if it doesn't, uh, what the next step is by Eugene Carroll's attorneys. I just think that is so notable here um, that we've never seen Trump held accountable in this way for statements that he's made and actually, you know, not just being held accountable, but with a dollar figure attached to it. Yeah, $83.3 million, million dollars.